0: Howard's already clinched a share of the regular season MEAC championship, but if they want the whole thing and the number one seed, they're going to have to go through Norfolk State. Oh yeah, it's Locked on HBCU. Play my music. You are Locked on HBCU, your daily podcast covering HBCU sports. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. what's going on family welcome back to another episode of the locked on hbcu podcast your number one daily one-stop shop for everything hbcu athletics monday through friday part of the locked on podcast network your team every day and now of course sam darian gray aka the mouth of the south texas southern alum and former tsu herald sports editor thank you for going on this journey with me making locked on hbcu your first listen of the day every day and remember just because the mic cuts off does not mean that the journey is over It just means it's time to follow me on twitter at south Exclusives. right here you can catch it at the bottom of the screen but if you're on the audio side of things don't forget the s on the end the ovc tournament started yesterday in tennessee state's first game is today in my opinion they have the hardest path to the finals And Howard, if they want to win it all, if they want to have the whole regular season championship to themselves and the number one seed going into the tournament, they're going to have to knock off Norfolk State, and they're probably going to have to do it without the controversy that happened last time these two teams faced off. See, there's five teams in the MEAC who I think are really up there. There's five teams who, if they won, I wouldn't be shocked. Now, five isn't a huge number. you know. I love the number, but that's not even the reason I'm putting it out there today. It's just five is over half of the MiAC. So though it's not a big-time number, it is still a decent size. That, 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 the fact that you have five teams that could win the conference – I think speaks volumes about how deep this conference is in 2023. So you have Howard, you have Norfolk State, North Carolina Central, Morgan State, Maryland Eastern Shore. If any of those teams were to win, I wouldn't be shocked. I wouldn't even consider it a Cinderella moment. I wouldn't consider it a uh, an upset of any means if one of those five teams won now, if one of the other three teams won, I would be stunned. Like if we have another situation like coffin state getting to the finals, like we did last year, that would surprise me. I labeled North Carolina central, the hot, the hottest team because, or excuse me, the scariest team because they are the hottest team right now. But when you're looking at the number one seed and you're looking at the top dog, that is still Howard. We have to still pay our respects to Howard. And to me, Howard is the only team that really controls their own destiny of the five. Everybody else, I guess, other than Norfolk, because they play Howard. Everybody else is looking for another team to lose and hopes that their, you know, their position can move up, their seeding can move up, and all of those things. For Howard, they're alone at the top. They're number one, not tied with anybody. It's just them at ten and three, alone. And you know, if they win, they get the number one seed. There's two games that I want to point at that really lead to them clinching a share of the MIAC championship, right? And I hate co-champions, personally. I'm just not a fan of the co-champion title, right? So the only way I'll accept a co-championship, I should say, a co-championship, is if I'm the team that's chasing. If I'm the team in the lead, even if it's just a one-game lead like it is for Howard over Norfolk State, if I'm the team in the lead and I essentially get caught, I don't want, that. like, that, that doesn't make me feel good you know, like, the reason I don't like it is because I was seeing people talk trash about North Carolina Central, and they tried to use Howard being a co-champion in football as a shot at North Carolina Central, it might not have been anybody, but people still say these things no matter what, I don't want to hear that kind of crap, I don't, I don't personally, because to me, everybody knows who the real MIAC champions are when we're talking about football, like, Yeah, they had the same amount of wins and losses, but who beat who in the head-to-head? Like, it's not that hard to just determine a tiebreaker to me. Basketball, it's a little bit less like a big deal because at the end of the day, you'll still have the tournament to decide these kind of things. But I really just don't like the co-champion. That could be me, so I'm not going to get on this soapbox. I'm not going to preach or anything of the sort. But just know I don't like it. I'm not a fan of it. And if I was Howard... I want to win the game because i don't want to lose any games but then also i don't want to share anything with anybody i want the whole thing now getting the number one seed is another bonus right that's probably the part that some people are looking to more than anything else for me i'm just looking at, like i don't want to share i'm being stingy that's me though but you look at the games that i feel like really set the tone on how we were able to get here and the first one is the latest victory which was the game they just played versus South Carolina State. The reason I point to that game is because that's the game that clinched them the share of the MEAC. If you lose that game, you don't have a clinch. You don't have anything clinched. So that's the first one I want to point to it was a close game, but Howard was able to pull that one out. Then the second game I want to point to was earlier in the season and it's against Norfolk State because I guess there's nothing that really makes this Norfolk State game more important than any other game. Like if Howard just would have beat any other team that they lost to and Norfolk lost to any other team that they beat during the season, we would be in the same situation. However, when you have one game of separation and the team that is on top beat the team that was on the bottom, the one time they played to me, that's valuable enough for me to point to and say, that's one of the games, one of the defining moments on how we were able to get here. That's why I have that on the list and it ended in controversy. It was a tough game. But to make it a full circle moment, they now have to face Norfolk State in order to clinch the MIAC period, just to have it all to themselves, just to be like, you know what, we are the MIAC regular season champions for men's basketball, not co-champions, not sharing it with anybody, just the Howard Bison. So it's kind of a full circle moment. And I'm going to continue talking about how this controversial ending kind of, I want to say, blemished the game, but in a way it kind of did. But also, let's look at that game to see what happened the first time and what we need to look out for the second time these two teams play. As we continue with Locked on HBCU, before we get into that, today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Shout out to my guy Brandon Ingram, B.I., because my boy dropped that 40 points, so you know he he hit the over for everybody who's on FanDuel. Shout out to my pals getting back into the win column. I was very happy to see that, very happy to see B.I. put up the 40 ball. But anyway... If you didn't put no money down on the Pelicans, I wouldn't blame you. I actually came on here yesterday and told you to stop doing it. But if you know maybe you want to put some money down on the on the Celtics. Jason Tatum also scored a bunch of points. You want to put some some money down on the Lakers, or what do you think they're gonna do with LeBron? Gonna have to miss having to miss extra time. Did you get your bet right with KD's debut with the Suns? There's so many things to put your money down on on FanDuel. It's the number one place for all of your sports wagering. I love FanDuel. They help you make every moment more. And if you miss on your first bet and you're a new user don't sweat it they're gonna go ahead and give you free bets back so you can use it at any time it's the no sweat first bet just go ahead and go to fanduel.com locked on and make every moment more And as we continue with Locked on HBCU, I appreciate you for making us your first listen of the day. Every day for your second listen, check out Locked on College Basketball with my guy Isaac, getting you prepared for March Madness. It's here. It's here. It's here. The the time is here, right? We're looking at March. So you have about, I think, like just a couple of weeks before the tournament begins. But let's look at Howard and Norfolk State some more. It shouldn't end in controversy this time. That's my expectation. You know, I don't expect it to. But in order to look forward to tonight, because that game is tonight, in order to look forward to that game tonight, we have to kind of look back at the game that was just a couple of, I guess, just about a month ago, you know, about a month and a half, I think, ago. The game ended in controversy because basically Norfolk State made a go-ahead bucket with just a matter of seconds left. A player ran on the court. You can't do that. That's technically like a delayed game and it could lead to te- technical fouls. It was kind of ticky-tacky, admittedly. I'm not going to go over it too much, but it was a ticky-tacky foul, or not foul, but just a, a ticky-tacky uh, delay a game. I would have not called it, but they did, and it is technically a rule. If you know, if you didn't catch it or catch the show we did about it, just think about the Super Bowl if you're a football person, right? That last play, not the last play, but that the big play. The cornerback grabs the wide receiver. We see that a lot. It happens a lot. But technically, it's a flag, right? So it gets thrown. You can't complain about it too much. The team who suffered from it is like, come on, y'all got to just let it play. A lot of people are like, you just got to let it play. You just got to let, let the players be players. But then the team that benefits, the fans that benefit are like, well, it is a foul. And it's kind of hard to argue that. That is technically a delayed game. They cannot run onto the court. But they did. One player did. I only saw one player in the video that I saw. I only seen one player. So that's how the game ended in controversy. Had technical fouls. Howard ended up knocking down both of them, took the lead, and that was it. So, kind of a rough situation, but it is what it is, right? Now, in that first game, you had Marcus Dockery, who was able to explode for 24 points. That was his season high. But since the conference season has started, he's been pretty much a, an average double, to, or not double double, but an average double digit player. So you can still count on him for some pretty reliant or reliable scoring, but it's just not probably going to be 24. And if it is, Howard probably wins again, if we're just going to be honest about it. Jelani Williams also had a big game from the scoring department, dropping 18 points. And for Howard, it was a team effort beyond just the points. You had uh, Steve Settle having five steals, being very active on the defensive side. Then you have Elijah Hawkins, who had 13, 8, and 6. Shy Odoms had seven rebounds. You have five players in double digits, but then you also had five players who were able to contribute outside of that. Even look at Jelani Williams. Williams had seven re- rebounds of his own. So you had so many different players doing so many different different aspects and that's a big part of why they were able to win why the game was so tight and that's because norfolk state had four double digit scores you had um you had joe Bryan, who was keeping pace pretty much with uh with dockery because he had 23 compared to dockery's 24 you look at bankston he had a bunch of points so and this is going to kind of paint, kind of go into what i want to talk about leading into this game but Everybody talks about the duo of Bryant and Bankston, and we will talk about them. But I think that the duo of Chris Bankston and Kaheem Brown is going to be important because they were able to win the points in the paint battle the first time these two teams played. And And I feel like if you can continue that going into this game, I won't put it past them to be the, or put it past this to be the deciding factor domination and paint, those two big guys, the Twin Towers type of feel. I could see Norfolk State using this duo to continue winning or to win this game. Now, secondly, because that's the first thing I want to look for. Secondly, I want to see how does Elijah Hawkins play? Like, What's his, gonna, what's his role going to be? Is he going to be a scorer? Is he going to be a guy who is more of a facilitator? If you have five players who are scoring in double digits, more likely than not, he's going to be a facilitator like the first time where he had eight assists in that game. That's the role he'll probably play if everybody is knocking down their shots because we know that he can score, but we also know that he knows how to dish out the ball. So I'm just interested to see what he does. And you can see it, too. This game is going to be on ESPNU if you have it. Uh, ESPN Plus, if you don't have ESPNU but you have ESPN Plus, I think it should be able to be on there as well. And the last thing I'm looking for is who stars show up? In a game like this is going to be the stars. We're going to take Joe Bryant and Chris Bankston. Like I told you, we're going to revisit them. You got Joe Bryant and Chris Bankston who have been carrying Norfolk State for the last couple of years. They've been the guys who have been really at the forefront when talking about the Spartans. And then I'm going to have Elijah Hawkins and Steve Settle. I could have had Odoms. I could have had a bunch of guys. But I wanted to go with just the 2v2, so I went with Hawkins and Settle for that reason. Now, I couldn't find the tiebreaker on the MiAC website. But I want to be very clear. Though I say that Howard controls their own destiny, if they lose this game, they're immediately tied with Norfolk State. If North Carolina Central wins this wins their game and Howard loses, then it's a three-way tie for first place. Each of these teams is split head-to-head with the other so nobody has that edge. I think that Norfolk State would be the number one seed if they tie. I believe that's the case because of... And I'm kind of going by the OVC tiebreaking rules, but I think they would apply it to the MIAC. I think that's how the MIAC handles it as well because we did have a three way tie just last year. But basically, what's, who has the best win percentage against the highest ranked team? And I believe that does go to Norfolk State. But I'll just go with I don't know for sure how this tiebreaker situation is going to play out. You could have a three way tie where Howard goes from first to third by the end of tonight. They're currently first place. They could end up behind Norfolk State and North Carolina Central. Who knows? But you just got to win and make sure you take care of business. That's the goal. Win and take care of business. You can catch this game tonight. ESPNU, check it out. If you are listening late, 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 and maybe you're not sure if this is already passed, just Google it real quick. We're on air right now. Just Google it. But going forward, we're going to look at Tennessee State because they have the toughest road. When, the toughest road when looking at how to get to the OVC finals and how to get to the NCAA tournament with the automatic bid. As we continue with Locked On HBCU, and that's wrapping up today's episode. Tennessee State, by far to me, has the toughest road to the HB, to the uh, NCAA tournament, at least of to the top four. Right, I don't, I don't even wanna say they have the roughest because they at least get a bye. They at least don't have to play the first round. So I'll give them that because technically somebody has to go through them and that's Southeastern or Southeast Missouri. But so they have a very rough path and of the teams that were in the top four in the OVC, they have the roughest path. See, Tennessee State plays their first game in the OVC tournament tonight. It's technically the quarterfinals. The first rounds were played Yesterday. Yeah, I think yesterday and maybe the day before, but the first round was played early. Tennessee State's women's basketball team's already out. The men's basketball team is still here trying to hold it down and really continuing what is, I guess you could call, a hot, hot ending to their season. They won five games in a row, but then they went 2-2 two and two in their last four games, and that was kind of bumpy. That was kind of up and down. They lost the first game to Morehead State. Then they won two in a row. Then they lost their last game. I don't really knock them for losing to Moorhead State. That's the best team in the conference. So I don't knock them for that. And they, they actually swept Tennessee State this year. But that last game is what cost them. Because it led to them having to be the fourth seed instead of the third seed. And I'll tell you why that's a big problem as we go forward. But first, I just want to say how I really do love this tournament setup. Because five through eight plays in the first round. It's kind of like a play-in of sorts. But it technically is the first round. Whoever wins out of that, they face three and four. Three and four get a bye week to the quarterfinals. So that's why they don't have to play in the first round. So the winner of five versus eight plays four. And then the winner of six versus seven plays three. And this is exactly, and then excuse me, then one and two get a double bye. So they're going to be going straight to the semifinals. So imagine them basically already in the conference championship, if we're talking about, or the conference finals, right? Right before the Super Bowl, right before the finals. That's where they get to go to. I like that. It's a it's a level based incentive, uh, in, a level based reward for having success during the season. So I enjoy that. This is what I mean when I say that the, the up and down kind of bumpy into the season cost Tennessee State. If they would have been the three seed, they would have faced the winner of six versus seven. Instead, they have to face the winner of five versus eight. And that was the number five seed, Southeast Missouri. So you already have to face the best team coming out of the opening round if they win this game versus southeast missouri they have to look forward to more head state the best team in the draft or in in this tournament and the only team to have swept tennessee state this year that is a terrible path that is not a path that anybody envies matter of fact unless you were in the opening round i don't think there's a tougher route you have to go through the number five seed, then you have to go through the number one seed. now if you would have won and you would have been on the three side Because if they had won the last game, specifically the last game, they would have been the number three seed. They wouldn't have made it to two. They would have been number three. Now you could have played the winner six versus seven. Then you would have played number two, which is Tennessee Tech. And Tennessee Tech is a team that you have beat this year. But because you had that rough ending to the year, specifically the last game once again, you're going to end up having the roughest or extremely rough path. To the HBCU, or why do you want to call it HBCU? But to the NCAA tournament and to the OVC championship. Now, going forward on tomorrow's episode, we're going to have Gerald Huggins coming on because he had a couple of things that he had issues with when it came to the scheduling of the HBCU Legacy Bowl. He believes that it should be moved up so more of our premier HBCU athletes can participate. And we're going to talk about that on tomorrow's episode. I appreciate you for making us your first listen of the day every day. For your second listen, check out Locked On College Basketball, which is everything you need around the sport in one place wherever you listen or watch your podcast. In the meantime, in between time, if you're looking for me, you can find me on Twitter at SouthExclusives. Until the next time that we hear each other, family, take care, stay blessed. Peace.